You know, I, I always pick these songs as intro songs that I would love to listen to all the way through, but we can't. we got to say hello. It's time to welcome you to The Brian Oak Show, episode 87. And if you're wondering what that amazing intro was right there, one of the greatest one-hit wonders of the classic rock era, that would be the band Head East from the album Flat as a Pancake, Never Been Any Reason. Windows down, sunroof open. Oh, man. You know it. You know, growing up in Coon Rapids was not ideal, but <laughs> but I did come away with an appreciation of some of the finer points of classic rock. I probably don't need to hear Bob Seger again as long as I live, but yeah. if that pops up once every few months, maybe even once a year, I have nothing against Head East, or at least that one song. I have yet to make it through all of Flat as a Pancake. I'm Brian Oak. It is the Brian Oak Show being recorded here in the Smart Start MN Studios in scenic and his historic south minneapolis right near the parkway it's cool and breezy and beautiful by the way i should probably introduce you to sean bernard hi sean how are you i'm doing fine good yeah good it's a gorgeous this is my weather i know a lot of people like no it feels like autumn and i'm one of those guys who october never comes soon enough yeah, I love I love this time of the year, but it is kind of like a long Sunday where you know Monday is coming. Monday it is, being it is. winter. Yeah, but you know what? I have long underwear, man. I you know, and I have nice boots. So I don't ever want to picture you in long underwear. Oh, like a union suit with the little buttons on the back, so I can <laughs> little, go to the bathroom more easily. Out, out at the outhouse. Yeah, it's it a little, <laughs> little chilly out there, but you know, rub a little Vicks Vapo rub on that, and you'll never even notice. Everybody it. wins. <laughs> Except except maybe the outhouse. Uh, it is the Brian Oak Show, episode 87. It's very nice to be here. Lately, we've been blessed with a great string of incredible guests, and that will continue again today. Someone who rose to international acclaim not so long ago, but I've had the privilege of knowing her for quite a bit longer than that. Back before she was too big to show up on this show, but somehow still is willing to come into the studio today. We'll be talking to Kat Perkins in just a little bit. Uh, Two things real quick I wanted to hit before we get into our first song. One is, you know, we talked about this last week. I work at a record store and the owner was uh, tested positive for COVID. So every employee there had to test. I just want to let you know, I'm clean, baby. Went in for Saturday, as I described, because, you know, over at M Health, they're trying to test so many people. They've got these little trailers set up in just parking lots everywhere. And I described it as yet another quick and impersonal visit to a makeshift building that's poorly marked where an exchange of biological materials required. <laughs> it's, just it's like something style. out of Breaking Bad, I yeah, think. <laughs> exactly. But I did my test came back right away. I am clean. In fact, all of us in this room have been tested not too long ago, and we'll talk more about that just ahead. So that's some good news right there. In fact, it looks like the record store, at least for curbside pickup, might be opening up as soon as this coming weekend. So, oh, that's terrific news. That was yeah. tough to see them miss out on record store day. Well, but you know what? For all the people out there who decided to order from Mill City Sound anyway, uh, normally one or two online orders on a given day. Yeah. More than 250 oh, orders have come in so in the last good. week. So, you know, again, we, we talk about it all the time, whether it's Busters on 28th or whether it's Audio Equip, supporting local artists and supporting local businesses right now is so crucial because we've already lost so many local businesses. Just, you know, whether they were burned to the ground or whether it's COVID related, whatever the case is, we love this city. We And everybody should love your city no matter where you are. And you've got to do everything in your power to protect these people who already were living on extremely slim 
the margins. So thank you, everybody who got out to support Mill City and got online. We'll have your records coming your way, well, in less than a week, it looks like. The other thing I noticed, too, is I know that COVID is hard. The lockdown is hard. Quarantine is hard. The end of the summer is coming. And for a lot of people, that means distance learning for their kids. Or maybe people are heartbroken about missing the state fair, whatever it is. I've noticed in my social media feed, even more than usual, that people are getting sort of... uh, itchy and moody and (laughs) I I just mean like there there seems to be a heaviness settling in on a lot of people because this is getting old and it's getting irritating so earlier on Facebook today I started whenever I start to feel that come in I'm like fuck this we're gonna listen to some music let's do that okay absolutely and so I said it's a toe tapper Tuesday like you've got (laughs) you've got to play you've got to add a song to this list and already there are dozens on there that are you know that make you want to tap the steering wheel when you drive or you're tapping your foot like something upbeat I tried to find one of them that I wanted to share right here but apparently it doesn't exist on the internet which is a mind bender to me but if you can find it yourself the feelies have a song called away i want you to listen to but this is the other one that as i was digging through my music i came up with originally done by the carter family and many years later reinterpreted by one of the great american songwriters of the last 50 60 100 years whatever he's just one of my all-time favorites we'll get to cat perkins just ahead in the meantime though feel free to tap your toe and go ahead and tap the steering wheel or wherever you're listening to the Brian Oak Show. Here's John Prine with his take on Bear Creek Blues.
There's just nobody like him. I grew up listening to him and didn't really fully appreciate him until I was considerably older. But my dad, man, John Prine was in heavy rotation in the Oak household growing up. And um, I am I remain thankful to my dad for this day. He really instilled my love of music in me, even if he did love Bob Seger a little too much for my personal taste. Yeah, we but, had those albums at the house. But you know what? I like, <laughs> he, he loved Cream. He loved uh, Jerry Jeff Walker. He still to this day loves all these sort of obscure Texas singer-songwriters. Like he turned me on to Hayes Carl, who's a contemporary mm-hmm. modern singer-songwriter. Um, he also, though, um, yeah, he turned me on to a lot of stuff. He like Cream. I, here's the weird one for my dad. My dad is 76 years old. Yeah. To this day, I have never met anybody who likes Bon Scott era ACDC. Everything prior to Back in Black yeah. more than my dad does. He has every obscure bootleg. He has every box set. He is a fiend for Bon Scott era ACDC. Was that the concert he took you to or was it Kiss? A kiss. It was that kiss. That was my, okay. very, my very first concert. You were like 11, right? <laughs> yeah, 11. Yeah, no, neither my dad nor I really were kiss fans. I just remember I was 11 years old. I saw the commercial on television, flames and blood and oh, makeup yeah. and costumes. And I didn't, I had no idea what I was looking at. And then it's like, coming to the <laughs> Met Center. And I was, I turned around and I said, Dad, can, can we go to that? And my dad was a wild child in his youth, but had settled yeah. down to have a family. And he looked at me, he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I probably would have forgot. I probably forgot about it an hour later. But he secured tickets, and I went to see Kiss on the Dynasty tour with Judas Priest opening when I was eleven oh my years old. Gosh. Now I had no context. A lot of it was probably yeah. lost on me. But I will tell you this: nineteen seventy nine Met Center. It's a lot of young gentlemen with long hair, and I believe it was the first time I ever smelled marijuana. Hmm. I'm guessing there might have been one or two people smoking hmm. marijuana at that <laughs> show in 1979. Anyway, it is the Brian Oak Show. It's made possible by Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is your original ignition interlock company here in Minnesota. These are the guys who came up with this groundbreaking way of getting you back in your vehicle should you lose your right to drive due to a DWI. And maybe you're not that person. Maybe you're someone who's smart and it's like, I don't ever drink and drive good for you that's the best way to avoid the whole drama but people even during these uncertain times continue to drink and drive and so if it's you a friend a loved one a family member get them in touch with smart start mn because you are going to already have a difficult an uphill road ahead of you if you'll pardon my use of hmm. a terrible punny metaphor right wow. there. I apologize. That really wasn't intentional, and I, <laughs> I regretted it even as I started speaking. Um, but you should get in touch with Smart Start MN, and you can go to smartstartmn.com slash Show, and you get, what, 20% off your installation? Yeah, it's actually smartstartmn.com slash the Show. The. Exactly. Now, does that the refer to the show or to the Brian Oak? 
Well, if it was just the Brian Oak, it would be that, but it's the Brian Oak show. But that gives you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. They get you back on the road right away. It's incredibly affordable. They won't allow us to mention the price, which is a little silly because it is... It's freaky cheap. It's freaky cheap, and you get to actually drive and go do what you need to do. It'll be the least expensive element of your DUI. Yes, it will. I have a feeling I read that in a magazine somewhere. So yeah, smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak show for more details. Let's talk to our guest and let's hear some of her music. If you don't know her from her band, Scarlet Hayes, that's, uh, you know, let's be honest. If you are a listener of Brian Oak, maybe back in the day when I was at cities 97, you might've come out to Oak on the water every Thursday, all summer long, 16 Thursdays in a row for about 15 years. We were lakeside and we had music and shenanigans and cocktails. And it was, it was, was quite a way to spend a good chunk of my adult life and but the great part was there was always live music by the lake and the young woman who joins me today her band played there a couple times i think that's is that when we first met cat i think that's when we first met in person i was a huge fan huge listener oh, so my goodness anyway yeah. an amazing talent <laughs> there was a bee Remember the bee story? Uh, well, there's o- there's always bees, and I have a lot it's of bee stories. Chasing you, yeah. I no, think you almost <laughs> jumped into the water. Well, I've, I've told people this before. <laughs> like, I can have spiders craw- or centipedes crawling on me, and it doesn't freak me out. But a bee, I will knock both of you yep. over <laughs> and your grandparents. I'm serious. I, 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 it's not normal. I know it's not normal, but I'm completely phobic. But I'll tell you this. I'm 52 years old, and I've never been stung once in my entire life. Well, there you wow. go. What do you think about that? It's- Just because you're paranoid doesn't seem, doesn't mean there's someone not following you, Sean. Okay? Anyway, wow. if you don't know her from uh, the days in Scarlet Haze, certainly everyone knows your name because you rose to national attention and genuinely international attention when you became a contestant on The Voice back in 2014. Yes. And ever since then, Kat Perkins has been a household name. There you go. I mean... <laughs> Why do you wince? Why did you make that oh, face? the household name is just such a lot of pressure. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> well, I, I have been known to be given to hyperbole on occasion i sometimes i exaggerate just a little but let's be honest your life dramatically changed when you got on the voice now before we talk about that just to give people context background i like to find out more about people i know we've talked about this stuff in the past um where you're from the dakotas yeah yes western north dakota a town called scranton north dakota not the scranton that's on the office i was gonna say I right? know, not that one, but like by Jamestown or where? Way over, like Montana, South Dakota. Ooh, wow! Also, I mean, like, because like I remember going through taking the train uh, every year out to Oregon when I was a kid. That was our family vacation. We would go through Minot. Yeah. Is Minot about halfway through, or is Minot pretty far west? Minot is pretty far west, but it's still central. So I still grew up four hours south of Minot oh. and a little bit farther west. I mean, Man. we are talking. Where it's not flat. So you're like in the hills and stuff. Totally. Like in the Badlands and all these beautiful buttes and and rolling hills. Because people who haven't been to the Badlands, I I say this about the Boundary Waters, I say about the Oregon coast, there are some areas in this country of ours that are unlike anywhere else you've ever been. The Badlands, even when I was in the the desert down in Joshua Tree, there are areas of this country that look like you're on an alien planet, and the Badlands are like that. It's one of those. Yeah. That's exactly, I mean, I took it for granted my whole life Mm -hmm. until people were like, North Dakota's flat and ugly and cold, and I was like, come to where I grew up. It's really not like that. And then I would take people there. After I moved away, and they'd be like, "This is insane. Yeah. It's just it's an anomaly, and so, it's gorgeous." Scranton is is it like is it a small enough town that like that song we just heard by John Prine? You heard <laughs> a lot of that on the front porch. Is Scranton that small? Oh, one hundred percent. 
The last time I checked the census, it was 186. 186. Yeah. When wow. I grew up there, it was 282. So, I mean, and, and I, I say this only kind of jokingly, because when you've only got an entire population that big, unless they bust you for an hour and a half, I mean, when you went to school, was it actually broken up into grades or just it chunks? Was. Okay. Um, it really was. We had, I had first grade through 12th grade all separated, but one building. Okay. So then one side was one through six, and the other side was seven through 12, so you were kind of considered high school in seventh grade, which was weird, right? Right. Now they have it in blocks, so now there's only enough kids to do like first, second, third grade, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Wow. Yeah. I Crazy. It is crazy. I had 10 kids in my class. I grew up, I mean, I was I was the valedictorian, but it's really hard to tout that when there's only 10 of you. Uh, look, valedictorian <laughs> is valedictorian, all right? And, and if anything, that makes it a little tougher right there. We probably all were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You all tied for first. Tied. <laughs> so, but I mean, like, so when, I mean, I've talked to people who've grown up in rural areas and in small schools, but if your graduating class is 10, and again, I don't want to dive too far into your personal life, but I mean... Things like dating and clicks, oh. and I mean, that's impossible. Yeah, it really was. But, you know, God, a lot of my classmates really honestly married their high school sweethearts. Yeah. And it's my parents are high school sweethearts. They've been dating since eighth grade. Wow. Were they arranged marriages? Just that's what celebrated I mean. their, like, 46th There's only two boys left, so if you really want to get married. <laughs> right. And you know what? I did. I ended up dating a guy that was a, a grade ahead of me mm-hmm. from all the way from eighth grade until I was a senior. Wow. But then he went to college and things changed. So then I was single again. But it was perfect because then I got to move to Minneapolis and I didn't feel any ties. I really wanted to get out of there and really start my life and find opportunities. So. Well, and before we talk about that journey to here, I wanted to, one other question I want to know is: so you're in a school like that, and yeah. obviously you're not going to have the resources of bigger schools. But was there was there still sports? Was there music? There was yeah, there was tons of music, and everyone did everything. So. The captain of the basketball team, the state winning basketball team, was the first chair trumpet and in choir and like. I love that because that was not the case everything. in my school. Absolutely. In my school, it was John Hughes, and if you were a, for, I, can I, I'm just gonna say it. If you, I was a choir fag, yeah, which yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. known as. Also, there were bad, but if you, the sports and theater and music world. There was some crossover, but it was precious little because I had a graduating class of 770. Oh there were 2,100 people in my high school. And um, I, so it was very stratified. But see, that makes me happy to hear that, you know, yeah. state football champions are also first chair trumpet. Totally. We, we literally had like 90% or, or more participation in everything. That's awesome. There's only a few kids that didn't do some of those things, but uh, it was really great. And we honestly had a lot of opportunity in music there. My dad was the music teacher, in, so I had him my whole life as my teacher. But right. he made sure that we had opportunity and that we were traveling to Fargo and Grand Forks and, and taking part of these um, like all-star choirs and auditioning for things and going down to South Dakota and Rapid City and, and doing uh, competitions at the colleges and stuff. So he was really great about getting us out there and having opportunity. Well, and as we were listening to John Prine there, I think we all said, you know, our parents are the ones that turned us on to it, and yes. that's the same for you as, as well, right? Oh, my God. I, when you were talking about your dad, I'm like, our dads need to meet. My dad is mm-hmm. 65, so a little younger, but same same taste. Yeah. And the Kiss story, uh, one my first viewfinder discs yes. was Kiss. <laughs> nice. Come on. He bought me Kiss viewfinder. That's so great. And, and those viewfinders <laughs> were wild because I remember like as a really young kid, I had one with dinosaurs, and they had a serious 3D effect going on oh, when yeah. you looked inside the Viewmaster. I was really scared of the Kiss ones. I'm not going to lie. You should have been. <laughs> Gene Simmons was a demon. And the okay. tongue was yeah. out. And like, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it was my first viewfinder, and my dad was just It explains so, a lot, Kat. Right? It explains right, a lot. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> and my dad was so pivotal in just, you know, playing records every single day and night and teaching me how to sing and really teaching me the appreciation of music with John Prine. I'll never forget. It was one of the first like songwriters that he introduced me to. And he was like, listen to the lyrics, mm-hmm. listen to how he puts these words together, not just the melody. And it changed my life. It was, it's still to this day. There are songs I can't listen to by him, uh, like Sam Stone, without crying. Like I did, and I've heard the song a thousand times, and I just I can't. But then there are other songs that are so cleverly written, and so you know, he can be poignant, he can be hilarious, and he can be heart wrenching, yes. all within the scope of one song. Spanish Pipe Dream is a perfect example. So I'm a huge fan. So you fall in love with music. Do you sing? Do you play an instrument before you get out of the confines of South Dakota and make it to the big shiny lights of Minneapolis? What is your your first taste of music knowing that you want to do it yeah so i started playing piano at like four years old my sister's four Mm. years older than me so she started playing right around that second grade area and so i was like i want to be like my sister and i would go she would play whatever she was um practicing for the week and then i would just kind of walk up there and start playing it and my dad was like okay we got to get her in because like she's already hearing this she's using her ear like let's get her some technique so I played piano my whole life. I still do a little bit. I'm not great, but that's how I write music. And my um, first instrument in band was the French horn. Oh, yeah. I started that in fifth grade. I still play that around Christmas time in my Christmas show. <laughs> so you so you have a French horn. <laughs> I do. I still have the one. The, the same the one. one? Wow. 1988. Still sits in my house. I literally bring it out for my Christmas show and play. And my dad tours with me, so we play together. He also plays um, and I what? wanted to be Your like dad him. tours with you. He does. That's cool as he hell. Does. He's done the last four years with us in Christmas time, just twenty dates on the road and just dealing with my band's bullshit and all the, <laughs> the boys stuff and like yeah, you know, he's just a trooper. But honestly, he's the he was in a band himself back in the day. So I wanted to be on the road. I, that's what I wanted to do. I looked up to him doing it. Um, his band was called Young Imagination, by the way. Ooh, you I like can kind of guess what era that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they had this little Ford Bronco that they toured in with the trailer. And it was just like I wanted to be him. So when I was 15, I started my first band. And we're in what Scranton. What was that band called? North Dakota. So um, this will ring a bell to you because this is how it started. So I called it Northern Comfort. Oh, yeah. So then we revived it later on for, for Oak on the Water. That's yeah. what we called it and kind of kept the legacy going. I remember. So we were, we're in Scranton, North Dakota, right? I start this band and I was like, okay, so we need a, we need a drummer. And so my cousin played the drums and then we needed a guitar player and my uncle played the guitar and we need a bass player. My dad plays bass. So it was like the Perkins family band, but (laughs) I couldn't find anyone else that wanted to play. (laughs) They were all talented. When you're dealing with a population that's right around the 200 mark, you take what you can get. (laughs) You have to take it. It's hard enough to find a drummer in the Twin Cities, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Let alone there. So you start playing music there, and at some point you're like, that's it. I got to go. I need a bigger pond to play in. Yeah. And you decide to move to Minneapolis. How old were you, and what was that like I moving was, here? I literally turned my tassel, valedictorian, gave my stupid speech that I was so mad I had to write. And like, where's the reward for being valedictorian? You <laughs> right. to write a speech. Do a thing. Now there's extra work <laughs> there's because extra I was the best there was. I did all the, the work. Best. Where's my ticker tape parade? Exactly. <laughs> and a fucking pizza party. <laughs> exactly. Where is it? All I wanted. <laughs> no, I had to give a speech. And then I, I, I literally turned my tassel, jumped in my 94 Ford Escort to the gills. My parents waved at me and, <laughs> and, you were and gone. I was off. Yeah. Wow. So, and so you land here and do you get into music right away? Do you take a little while to settle in? Yeah. I, I think the easiest thing for me to do when I got here was to 
kind of auditioned for theater. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't certainly my bag. Like, I was not an actress or a dancer, but musical theater was so prevalent here in the late 90s and early 2000s where I knew I could just open up the Star Tribune at the 550s and go to an audition and try to get a job. Nice. So I did that. And I ended up, my first show here was Tony and Tina's Wedding downtown. What year do you think? Because 2001, two, and three, probably. Oh, damn. Yeah. I, I might have been there while you were there. <laughs> um, for a radio thing, I had to go in, it would have maybe been the year 2000, oh, and I God. had to get up and do like a very brief little speech thing. Of you know, course. like sometimes they would bring in local actors yeah. or radio personalities or whoever. Yes. And I think I had to get up and say a brief <laughs> sure thing. That's craziness. And for anybody who's never been part of Tony and Tina's wedding, you're the audience, but you're also all the people at the reception. And, yep. um, oh, there were you're drinks ahoy. And yeah, it was, yeah. uh, it was kind of fun. So you, that you got started there. Yeah. Um, I want to find out about how you get to Scarlet Hayes, but yeah. before I do, can we hear a song by Scarlet yeah, Hayes? Of course. This I is just, a... I don't like to go too long without having some music on the show, but I could sit here. I have so much to get to I that know, we haven't I even know. cracked the this surface of. This is a delight, of. though, because this is my baby. This is my first band, and this song you're going to hear was written about 9-11 right after 9-11 happened, but I think after I just revisited it, it's very prevalent right now. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you, Cat Perkins. We'll get right back and talk to Cat here in a minute. But first, a little for music. So this comes from 2001. We're coming up on 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. It's weird to think about, but time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into, into the, the future. future. Steve Miller Band, you're welcome. But right now we're going to hear Scarlet Hayes. This is Come Undone on The Brian Oak Show.
Scarlet Haze with Come Undone, going back to late 2001. And Kat, you are the lead singer of Scarlet Haze. Kat Perkins is our guest on the Brian Oak Show. And shit, I've never heard that before. That sounded good. You guys <laughs> sounded you. pro. You sounded like, 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 hey, we need Bob Clearmountain in here to go ahead and mix this thing <laughs> and produce this thing. It sounded good. When I think of that era of music, though, you know, I worked at, um, uh, at Zone 105 and 93X was right upstairs yeah. from us. And I mean, that, that was produced every bit as well as anything I heard on that. Station. We were so influenced by, um, you know, classic rock, too. I was always worried of what was going to happen when we finally started making our own records and all these songs I had written since I was a teenager. And, you know, that that came right kind of at the same moment when I wrote it. We recorded it like the next week. But I was just telling you off the air that my guitar player was like 19 years old. He was in a cover band here in Minneapolis called Crush. And I was like, hey, would you help me like work out some songs? Because I only play piano and I really want these to be rock tunes. Right. And so we would just sit in his basement, like all nighters. He figured out Pro Tools in real time. He mixed that back Man. in the day, and he still mixes my stuff. So to this talented. Day. That's crazy. And he that's... lives in Nashville now, but and he's very successful, as he should be. Yeah. Well, good for him and good for you as well. I mean, you've, you've, you've tasted some of your own success as well, which we're <laughs> going to talk about here in a minute. Um, but first, I do want to thank our other sponsors. Buster's on 28th, a local eatery, a winery, a beerery, brewery. I, hmm. They don't actually brew there, but they do have a, an incredible selection of wine and beer and food. And now at the easy slow reopening they have many different levels depending on your comfort level with living during the times of plague you can go inside you know socially distanced you can sit out on their patio which is my recommendation they're right in southeast minneapolis at 28th and 42nd or you can get the curbside to go and if you want to go check out the menu which i highly recommend it's at busters on 28th.com yeah go check them out order online if you're going to do a little to go it's a lot easier than ordering on the phone they just started that a couple months ago Mm -hmm. busters on 28th Dot com. Well, thanks to them. And again, another one of those small businesses that's important to support because they're doing fine right now, but we want to make sure they continue to do fine. Is the curve flattened? Well, with everyone heading back to college and school and people going to places like Sturgis, I'm not 100% certain that we've completely flattened the curve. So please continue no matter where you go. Support your local businesses, record shops restaurants, whatever the case may be, and your local artists, because a lot of them are not getting to tour right now. Kat Perkins, case in point, you just got done doing something for the Minnesota State Fair. A couple of years ago, when I was still working in radio, I um, interviewed the woman who put together puts together the entire music lineup, or is part of it, at the Minnesota State Fair, and she dropped a factoid on me that blew my mind. The Minnesota State Fair is the largest music festival in the upper Midwest, When you consider the number of bands that play, the number of stages they have, how many bands and musicians come through there, there's a dozen stages at least. That's crazy to think about. I know, it blew my mind. I've never never gotten it out of my head since. (laughs) The single biggest annual music festival in Minnesota and really the upper Midwest. Maybe not as big as Summerfest. Summerfest goes on almost as long and has a lot of, but it might be bigger than Summerfest. In any event, this is, there's only one Tuesday in the state fair every year, you know? Because it goes from Thursday to Monday, 12 days, and this would be the only Tuesday that we could be out at the Great Minnesota Get-Together if it was happening. Yeah, there's little spots to drive through and get some food, but how am I supposed to see the prize-winning hog with balls the size of cantaloupes? 
You can come to my farm where I grew up. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, well. I, I don't want to attach an eight-hour drive to it, although between parking and everything else, it would probably be about the same right, amount of time. Right. But they are still doing some things for the Minnesota State Fair. I know a lot of people are taking a heavy hit on this one, including the State Fair itself. But music is a big part of the draw. I remember going to see George Clinton in Parliament, you know, out on the Liney Lodge stage. And the number of bands I've seen there over the years. But you just got, do, got done doing some music for their virtual Stuff. Yeah, so I, this was really cool. Honestly, I, I was just so, so just beside myself that they reached out to do a virtual grandstand series um, that just kicked off, I think, you know, a couple of days ago. They're doing in real time of the, what the fair would be. And so my concert is going to air on September 7th. And this is all sponsored by the Star Tribune. So I got a really cool opportunity to be a part of the Star Tribune. Um, I was on the cover of their June issue of their magazine that they put out. Okay. And it was me and Nicholas David, who was also on The Voice a couple years back. Right. And so we did the cover shoot together. We did the whole interview together. And then we decided to do the State Fair Virtual Grandstand together. And when it, remind me on the details one more time. So September 7th, ours will drop at noon. And then once it drops, it'll be available forever and online. And people can get that at YouTube, StarTribune.com. StarTribune.com. Okay. There's a, you can go to my uh, Facebook. I have it linked, um, linked up. But if you go to StarTribune.com, you'll find it. Okay. I think it kicked off with um, um, Yolanda. Uh, no. You, oh, I can't remember who just kicked it off. Anyway, there's some great international artists, national artists, and then Minnesota artists. Okay, very good. So that's coming up um, well next Monday. So yeah. it's Labor Day. Labor Day. On yeah. September 7th the is when you're going to do Yes. You're the headliner. I guess. Look at that. <laughs> Kat Perkins. And here she is in the lowly Smart Start MN studio <laughs> in South Minneapolis on the Brian Oak Show. So you moved to the big city. You are in Scarlet Haze. Yeah. And then tell me what happens how so you were on the voice and i know a lot of people do know this story but i'm sure there are plenty of people who maybe don't know the story um i was pl- paying attention because i'm like holy shit i know cat perkins and i remember people telling me cat perkins is on the voice how does it come to pass do you go audition or do producers come to you how does it work with the yeah, voice i mean the producers came to me and i honestly didn't know that that was a thing that they do and they still do that they curate the entire internet to find singers and um, I had a video out there from the Amsterdam airport that I, it was, it, it had went viral and I didn't even know about it. <laughs> and I sang at like 630 in the morning and there was a bunch of people sleeping and we were around a piano and a ton of cameras flew up and it went up on YouTube and it went pretty viral. So they found that video. I'm singing like an Adele tune or something. Right. Drinking a beer at like 630 in the morning. Well, you're, you're at Schiphol in Amsterdam. Yes. I mean, that's what you do. Coming back from the Middle East. So we we were all messed up in our heads. What like, were you doing like, in the Middle East? We were performing for the troops. You were. That was actually our first tour that we did. I've now since done 12 more from that. Wow. I'm sorry. So you've been to the Middle East 12 times? Yes, I have. Wow. Entertaining the troops, different bases. Sometimes we can tell people where we're at. Sometimes we can't. Right. Um, and so we were coming back from one of those. It was our first one, actually, and, and we filmed this thing. So I got an email through YouTube from the producers saying they saw this thing and they want me to audition for their show. And I thought it was a joke. I, I almost deleted the email. It's like, wow. yeah, well, who, somebody wants my money. Yeah. You know, I'm in the business. I get it. This is not this is not how it works. Mm-hmm. But truly and honestly, it was a real opportunity. So, I mean, I jumped on a plane blindly and went through the process. I didn't really tell anyone I was doing it. And... What you don't know is there's like three or four rounds before that blind audition. So I didn't have to tell anyone anything at that point, except for get time off of my nanny job, which I was nannying at the time during right. the day. So I just did it. And I was terrified and didn't know what was going to happen. And honestly, 
part of me really didn't even want to be on television. I was like, this is not who I am. I don't know if I, I'm not a solo artist. I'm in a band. (laughs) But I did it. Yeah, you did do it. And so you get through these first rounds and now you go into these so-called blind auditions, which as as you mentioned, I mean, yeah. I think people need to realize that for any sort of reality television, whether it's a competition or whether it's people surviving in the wilderness or whatever, there's a lot of prep that goes down with that. And oh, there's a my God. lot of work that goes into it. It's not just like, hey, show up with your guitar <laughs> and get up and sing. I mean, the they month, make it look like that. <laughs> yeah. Weeks and months of preparation go into all these different things. And so you get up there. And what do you sing on your first time when you're up on stage? There, They gave me the song Gold Dust Woman by Fleetwood Mac. Wow. And so do you have any say? Like, do you get to pick from two or three songs? Or they're like, here's your song. You know, they always said if you're uncomfortable, you can say no. But for that blind audition, I, I there was no way I wanted to be like, no, no, I'm not gonna do that. Of course, I was just like the yes girl. Um, and they all, and they do back that up by saying, listen, if you make it farther in the show, we need you to have a trajectory. So we can't give you Barracuda for your first song. Like, right. You've got to go somewhere with this. So you know, try to do what you can, what you can with the song, make mm-hmm. it impressive, make it yours. And there's a lot of people behind the scenes helping you do that. There's a musical director and a voice coach and right. other people. And and so I went through with it. And I, I was actually pretty comfortable because I, I knew that song. I'm a huge fan of that song. We had actually done it in my band, Scarlet Haze. So I knew it and it was more comfortable with that. But it was a 90-second audition. We filmed for five weeks. And you prep prep for five weeks uh-huh. for that. And then you film one day and, it, and then those chairs turned. And well, so how does that work with the chairs turning? First of all, because... For after a while, I feel like with The Voice in recent years, the story's almost become more about who's sitting in those chairs than yeah, what's happening up so on stage. Um, but back when it was pure and simple, back yes. in 2014, <laughs> who was sitting in the chairs when you got up to perform for the first time? Blake, Usher, Shakira, Adam Levine. Wild! I know, it was wild. I mean, there's there's nothing that preps you. I don't care about the five weeks. There was nothing that preps you for when you see they're right there and it looks farther on television, but uh-huh. they are not that far away. Right. And Adam, Shakira and Usher all turned. And once that happens, I almost stopped singing. You know, I was like, what? Yeah. They're right there. Are they mad at me? <laughs> <laughs> My icons. Yeah. It was Dude, weird and wild. Shakira. I just when you think of somebody with that kind of wattage and that kind of celebrity and you could say that about any of them up there but for some reason to me like Shakira seems like she can't be a, like an actual living person like there's just too much electricity and, and, and aura there for me it's very true yeah and we if you you know you know me but I'm only like 4'11 maybe and a half and <laughs> <laughs> and she's also yeah and and then her hips are like two times the size of our bodies <laughs> And then her waist is literally the size of my arms. It's like, right. it looks, it just looks insane when you're standing next to her. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so you get three of them to turn around and just to walk people through the, another chunk of this story. So now you've got not just like one opportunity. Now, after yeah. as nervous as you are and they've turned around and you're in this impossible situation, how do you decide who you're going to go with? Yeah, that was nuts, man. Right before I went on, one of the producers said to me, listen, it gets really wild out there when if somebody turns and when they start talking, you're not going to be able to hear it because they don't want anyone else to hear it. And there's all, you know, they film it two months before it starts airing. So they're everyone's under this non-disclosure and they don't Mm -hmm. want anyone hearing anything. Right. So they were like, if you can't hear them, just remember who turned first and then maybe just go there. You're going to you might be out of your mind. You know, and I was like, got it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And then it happened. And I tried to listen. I tried to hear it. I couldn't really understand what they were saying, except for then Shakira was very, very adamant about girl power, wanting a girl on her team, wanting a rocker on her team, just 
I can help you with hair and makeup and production and all these things. <laughs> and and then Adam just blew it out of the water. And then in the end, I was like, well, he also turned first. So then I chose him. But, you know, you have to play this whole thing. I had to kind of wait for the audience to give me feedback. That whole segment was like 11 or 13 minutes and you saw two and a half minutes of it. Right. So there's a, so much more that goes on behind that. But then you just kind of see me go, I choose Adam. <laughs> <laughs> but here you are on a national stage and genuinely an international stage. And so then five weeks of prep leading up to that one little chunk right there. Is that the way it was then with each each follow up show? Was there then, that kind of lead up to it? No. Then there was, you know, the, the next two rounds are pre-taped. So you get like a week or two to prep that. And then you film one day. And, the, and those are long, long days. I mean, they're 12, 13, 14 hour days. And then once it goes live after that, which we went live in the playoffs. So right early March, we went live. And then you literally have from Tuesday to the next, well, to Wednesday to, to like your first filming. And then Wednesday to Saturday before your first dress rehearsal, Sunday dress rehearsal, Monday go. I mean, it, I've never learned songs faster in my entire life. I've never had to focus so hard on one thing and and just remembering lyrics, remembering blocking, remember where the lighting is, you know, and. It was so nice not to have to worry about hair and makeup because then you just don't have to think because you just show up in your jammies. They dress you. They do the thing. Right. You just have to worry about that. But that hyper focus, I thought was going to kill me. Well, <laughs> what song What song that you did during your ascendancy to the semifinals on that show, what song did you do that you think you murdered and you're like, you're goddamn right. I just <laughs> It has to be. I mean, man, I, you know, God, I try to do my best every week, but of course you do. But there, there had to be one where because yes. I mean, you're nervous and you're season performer but there has to be time where you're like i should have done this i should have yes. done that and then i'll bet Every there week. are times well yes but i'll bet there are times too where you're like fuck i did that yes <laughs> yes i did that yes so the one it's when i pulled out my own hard hard rock version of daft punk's get lucky really and what happened was they gave me bohemian rhapsody that week and i went home on tuesday night knowing i was supposed to execute this the next week and i was like how do we do this? I mean, of course I want to sing some Queen. Are you kidding me? But yeah. there's like five singers on that. And Correct. so the next day was a Wednesday production meeting and they were like, maybe we should record like other four other parts, like pre-record it and then you sing with yourself live on Monday. And I was like, you guys, I mean, I will give it a shot, but I really don't want to also be dragged across the coals for like a pre-recording right. on the other side of it, which yeah. I get it. I get the production. They wanted to do it the video screen, mm-hmm. just like the... The video of Queen. And so I was like, you know what? I went to Adam and I was like, I, I don't want to do it. And I have this idea and I don't know. Like, hear me out. Hear me out. And he goes, are you kidding me? Let's effing do it. Let's do He's like, I do that song in my set. I do Daft Punk. I do Get Lucky. Let's do it. What's your idea? And we literally, we, had, we worked it out for four hours. We put the entire filming back four mm. hours. Everyone got overtime that day because of me, and their union was all <laughs> mad at me. <laughs> like, but then I nailed that performance, That's and there was pyro, and it was so much fun to do it. And I was just the most hard rock moment ever. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So you suddenly, so let's go, let's move a little bit beyond the voice then. So yeah. you do the voice and you make it a long way through and you are the toast of the town. Anybody uh, in Minnesota who didn't know your name before that and a lot of other places <laughs> as well now knows who Cat Perkins is. How does life say, as we move into two, the rest of 2014 and 2015, how does oh, life change for Cat Perkins? In every single way possible. And I was certainly not psychologically ready for that and maybe professionally ready to do that. Thank God I had an amazing team back home that I had worked with during Scarlet Haze 
because we had a record deal with Scarlett Hayes. So I had a manager and an agent and I had all these people that had surrounded me previously. So I called upon three of those people to come back to the team and help me navigate this. And they literally started before I was off the show, just prepping everything and, and doing timelines. And, you know, the lawyers had to do a lot of legal work to get me out of those deals and, and into my own deal. And we landed on a single that we wanted and we wanted to go really weirdly, oddly pop and really epic. And we um, curated the song called Fearless from one of our favorite writers in Los Angeles. And we wanted to just create a fearless brand right off the bat and not only the song, but just sort of me and talk about my experience and try to use that experience to motivate and inspire people to step outside of your comfort zone, do something wild and crazy. You only have one shot at this life and, and kind of roll with that and then try to inspire kids as I come from a long line of teachers in my family. Mm-hmm. So that was the plan. And then what happens is I get home and I, I, I can't go to my favorite restaurants or the mall without it being an, another extra hour taking selfies and talking to people. And I, I was just trying to navigate my every day. And I love being in my jammies during the day. And <laughs> oh, yeah. that really wasn't an option anymore. I mean, it was, but I would see myself on Twitter and go, okay, no, I got to put on clothes during the day. <laughs> I imagine, I mean, and you know, some people are probably like, oh, boo hoo, but being, being, but no, no, but being camera ready and also having to put on your bed, I mean, because you're a nice person. I've known you for a long time, but always having to be the nicest version of Cat Perkins and be camera ready 24 hours a day sounds like a fucking nightmare. It got to be a lot. Yeah, it it sounds like a nightmare. But uh, at the same time, I would wake up every day and I got a therapist immediately, by the way. That's huge. I'm a huge (laughs) proponent of that. Excellent. And and I had had to work through this stuff. So it was just this every day of waking up of like, this is what really I had always worked for. I didn't know what it was going to feel like. And it was odd. It was really finding a new normal, which was great. I went through that because now going through the new normal now seems a lot easier because I've already went through it once. But But then being grateful for that and knowing that like, Every single person you talk to, whether you're in the mood for it or not, really, really was a supportive figure in this whole thing and really keeping my journey going. And so I got okay with it, you know, in the end. And honestly, just remembering that's what I had worked for my entire life since I was five years old. Okay, well, very good. Hey, I want to hear, we're going to hear another song from Scarlett Hayes here momentarily. Um, But before we get to that, I also want to talk to you on the other side of that song about what it is you're doing these days. I want to talk about you playing for the troops. I want to talk about where people can see you. Uh, I also have to ask you about opening up for Bon Jovi before we're done here. So don't let me get away without without hitting all those points. But before we get into the next Scarlett Hayes song, Sean, I can't believe I almost forgot to mention that in addition to your almost dizzying skills as producer and co-owner of the Brian Oak Show podcast. Uh, you are also a realtor for uh, Edina Realty, the 50th in France location. I am, and it's been uh, it's been good and busy. I'm very thankful to be busy during uh, such an odd time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know of anybody who's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. That number is text-worthy as well, 612-859-2594. One of the great things about Sean, and only one of the many great things about Aww. Sean, is that he's a music head. He loves live music. He loves Absolutely. listening to music. Uh, we both have been to lots and lots of shows, and he also believes, he puts his money where his mouth is, you know, uh, when the warming house is back opened up again, this is a non-profit music yes. venue in the Twin Cities. They're not open right now, but when they're opened up again, uh, Sean's going to get you a membership for two to the warming house, and you'll get a chance to get out 
and see a lot of great emerging music um, from people who also really care about music. Another opportunity to keep keep weaving the web of Minnesota music in, 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 a, in a great place for not, not every artist gets to go on The Voice. All right, let's be honest. Not no. everybody is Cat Perkins, okay? No. And they, they, need to, they need to have venues as well, and the Warming House does a good job of that. It really does, and it's nice that you know they're, they're looking for a new venue right now, but there's a lot of uh, mostly local and regional uh, talent that goes through there. Every once in a while, they'll get a national touring act that will perform there as well. One of my favorite things is people like the person who's in the studio with us right now that... Mm-hmm. You've made your way, and you're still humble, and you're still so kind, and so willing to do shows like this. So thank you, yes, Kat. of course. That being said, let's go back to the days of Scarlet Hayes. So, Scarlet Hayes, can, is there is there a uh, the is there a specific story behind the name, or did you just like the name? Oh my God, there was. We looked through the encyclopedia. Like we didn't even have internet where we were. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> what do you guys think? Maybe we could call we could call the, the band Platypus. <laughs> Are you guys into that name? <laughs> that would have been great. Uh-huh. That would have been. I loved that word scarlet. And then when um we, when haze came into play, I was like, no, it's like that's too much like purple haze. But we just kind of sat on it and let it sit. But I mean, seriously, we were lucky because we we didn't have the internet. So what if there would have been a scarlet haze? Oh, we, right. You know, we didn't know. We just <laughs> went for it, and then it and things happened quickly with the band. But we kept it. I love it. I still love the. And people called me Scarlet, which I love. So. Well, I can, it's on your arm. It's on my arm. Yeah, it's I see Scarlet. that right there. Part of your ink right there. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and hear some music from Cat Perkins and her band Scarlet Hayes. This is called Give Me a Reason.
That's Scarlet Hayes. <laughs> Give me a reason on the Brian Oak Show. Episode 87, our guest is the uh, from The Voice, Kat Perkins. Yeah! <laughs> <If> you <don't laughs> mind but you've also been doing a ton of stuff since The Voice. You've now made 12, I mean, if since that time you've made 12 trips over there, yeah. I mean, you go more than once a year? Yeah, we go twice, sometimes three times a year wow. over to the Middle East to support our troops. Mm-hmm. Um, I got roped into that before The Voice. We did one or maybe even two tours before I was on The Voice. Um, not roped into it. I actually auditioned many times to be part of, there's a couple, there's two or three different companies that hire bands to go over to support our troops. And one of them is based out of, well, Barron, Wisconsin, which I consider right here yeah. in, in, in Minnesota. So, um, the guy, I got to know the guy and he started taking my band over and I mean, it's just literally the most meaningful concerts I've ever done in my entire life to this day. Well, think about it. I mean, for those of us who love live music and we've been forced to sit at our homes with clean toilets and yeah. food and television, um, you know, you think about people who are deployed. Yeah. How much do you think they enjoy live music <laughs> or a good rock <laughs> show? I'll, I'll bet they lose their minds. They lose their mind. They're so hungry for it. Um, and I'll tell you what, I mean, one of those tours, we went through the entire country of Iraq and they prepped me before of like, this one's going to be a little different than what you're normally used to. <laughs> and boy, was it different. And I was literally stationed basically in Baghdad uh, in a th triple bunker um, type housing with six months of food on the inside, just in case. <laughs> and we were taking a Black Hawk helicopter and going uh, up to the next base, dropping in, doing a 20 minute setup, doing a 90 minute show, taking wow. that Black Hawk helicopter back out. One day we took a Chinook helicopter out of it. Wow. Uh, one day we were escorted by the um, American embassy because it was so dangerous that day. One day we got shot at by, you know, the other side and all of the alarms went off in the C-130 that we were in. And Oh my God. I mean, we're in a C-130. Now see, so yeah. I'm not a deep, I'm not a deep air, uh, airborne guy, but, um, the Chinook is the one with the two, the two the blades two, on either end, right? Open, the huge and one. And the open back. But a C-130 is a massive plane. The most massive. And you were shot at and alarms were going off on the inside of us. That's a rock and roll lifestyle rock right and there. Roll. <laughs> and they let me, they let me be in the um, cockpit just, you know, because it's re it's a really huge and you could really get sick back there. And there's mm -hmm. no windows. Right. And it's really a cargo plane. And we were actually delivering cargo at the same time, by the way, <laughs> nice. plus music. And so I was on headset and they were just kind of giggling and, and we had to maneuver. It was a little scary. And he was like, oh, he's like, here's the deal, Cat. First of all, it's a C-130. Never been shot down in history. Yeah. He's like, second of all, it, picture it like this. It's like throwing a firecracker at like a wall. Yeah. That's about what it's like. And exactly. it would never, you're totally fine. It's just you know, it happened. <laughs> yeah, well, but still, I mean, when alarms are going off and you're yeah, in a military aircraft. And in, uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. It's nuts. Oh, that is and I got to do my craft doing that. And I cannot wait to do it again. Of course, we've been furloughed. We Our last two just got canceled. So okay. um, we'll see. Hopefully they bring it back at some point to go over there. And is I'll be the first related? one on there. COVID related. COVID related. Well, I know that you were also just recently, because you still play all the time, you yeah. and your band were just in Sturgis because yeah. people who ride motorcycles like that hard rock. And you went there. And But I got to be honest, even though I know they curtailed a lot of it, like it wasn't it wasn't quite the spectacle it's been yeah. in the past, there were still a lot of people there. And all the footage and pictures I saw, 
very mask free. Oh, it was, it just, it, you know, again, I know people are allowed to do what they want. It's a free country, but I think we've all realized at this point that at least just doing mm. some best practices helps because the number of COVID cases that have popped yeah. up since then has been numerous. And Including you, people in my team. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Um, and I struggled really hard with this and I, I really didn't say much about it on the internet. This was our 16th year wow. of doing that. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I always say I started when I was like 20. No, I started when I was like 13. <laughs> it's fine. Um, uh, <laughs> and so we went in there. We did four shows, but I, I pulled the most diva thing I could possibly. I mean, I had to. I, I, I went all the way up to 24 hours before getting there, basically thinking I'm not going to do this. Like, right. we can't do this. Right. And so I had a private driver and I literally I would pop in 10 minutes for the show with my mask, jump on stage, do the t- two hour show, no breaks. Jump back off, drivers ready to go back to the house. I was, I was out. In this day and age, well, first of all, I, there are more than enough people in your position to do that anyway. <laughs> but in this day and age, I don't think that's diva. That's best practices right there, and you don't want to get sick. It had to be. And then I requested that our green room be sanitized three hours before we get there. Nobody else uses it for three hours, which they all they complied with all of it. Yeah, they gave me everything I needed. It was a matter of who in my team wanted to go out and and cavort, you know, and like hang out at night, and who didn't, and. The ones that did are are paying somewhat of a price for it now. Um, because well, the, I mean, it's hard to go to Sturgis and not party, right? Yeah. I mean, well, Sturgis not is, for me, but yeah, well, not for you, but for for, for, for regular people, yes, Kat, that don't know, that don't have your willpower or your resilience. I have to work there. Well, there's that. And, I mean, so you know, and and unfortunately, like you said, members of your team have gotten it, but you've been yeah. tested. You're clean. I'm We've clean, all been tested in this clear. room. How about that test, though? Huh? Just a little poke Woo! on your brain. Ooh. I just I had my like, third one this past weekend. You know, I was like, you know, I'm tattooed, I'm pierced. I've, I know what that five second countdown is like, or yeah. whatever. And wow, I still, I was like, I need a Kleenex. My eye, my eye, all the way home. My eye, my eye. I couldn't, I couldn't tell if they were swabbing the back of my eye or the front of my brain. It was. Can you uh, believe there's that much open space? No, in the, I, how far it goes back? I can't believe it. Lose a hand in there. Totally. Cat uh, Perkins is our guest, and Cat, we do have to start to wrap things up. Yes. But before we do, uh, if people want to, so the virtual performance for the Minnesota State Fair that is coming up on Labor Day itself yeah. on September seventh. It'll drop at noon. Drops at noon. And if people find you on social media, they'll be able to find the necessary Absolutely. links. Absolutely. Cat Perkins Music on social media. Also, if you go to my website, catperkins.com, we are doing COVID curbside concerts. So you can hire me to come to your driveway in my truck. And I have a sound wow. system mic'd up in my truck. And I literally back up and do... We do it in 15-minute increments. You can hire me for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, one hour. Great idea. From the back of my truck. How did we wait till the end of the show I to know, talk about I that? I know. Well, don't worry. We'll, we'll mention it on our social media yes. as well. Uh, and this will be publishing a little later on today. Today is what? Tuesday, September 1st. So just a week away, you'll be able to see Cat live. Well, you know, virtually live, yes. as it were, through the Minnesota State Fair. Sadly, without the stench of the animal barns and the yes, front. Yes, I know. <laughs> because usually by Labor Day, that place has smelled better. Yeah, okay, yeah, after the, so yeah. After 12 days, the <laughs> Funk is, you know, but is although it? it's been cool and beautiful lately. So before we go, just a quick thanks to Audio Equip, all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you so very much. You've allowed us to keep doing this through the COVID era and to have the Smart Start MN studio. So we really are thankful for all of our Patreon members. Uh, and don't forget, if you did support us and you haven't gotten that tote bag yet, we will be getting you a tote bag at some point in the not too distant future. Um, thank you very much, Kat. Before thank we you. let you go, uh, I do have one last question yes. for you. Um, you and your band have opened up for Bon Jovi. Now, yes. maybe this isn't a big deal. You've certainly made a name for yourself. You perform all the time. Perhaps this wasn't a big deal for you. Mm-hmm. I need to know, first of all, what year was it that you opened up for Jovi? 
2005. 11, 11, 2005. Okay, very as, as <laughs> Not that you remember that very you know. clearly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to know. I want to know where it happened. I want and I want to know how did it come to pass that you are opening up for Dude. Jovi. Okay, so 2005, um, we had literally been a band for two seconds. And Bon Jovi started this battle of the bands across the the nation. Oh, I remember for their tours, and that was the first time that they did it. And so everyone around me was like, "You guys have to do it." And I was like, "Ah, I don't know. I don't, again, competition in music. I don't know if yeah. I can do that." Uh-huh. Weird. Makes great TV. It makes great things. But I didn't want to really put myself in that position. But of course, we did it. Of course. And we got enough votes, and it came down to like three of us. And I feel like that. I feel like it was trampled by turtles and us and. I can't remember the maybe uh down and above okay which was a huge band back in the middle 2000s anyway in Minnesota and and we won and so we got that opportunity we had a 35 minute set um here's the deal Bon Jovi concerts were sold out all over the nation they didn't have to do this to get to sell yeah, tickets right. for publicity right. they didn't need to do any of this so that's I want to tell you that's exactly who John Bon Jovi is and his entire staff and team and everyone they was were great. so pro music and really uplifting us and the band so and great. just being newbies and took our CDs at the end. Like they're like, yes, we'll listen to it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and they hung out with us and we got the opportunity. Twenty thousand people, lights go down in Target Center, Minneapolis. Mm. I almost peed my pants, and I will forever. <laughs> Forever be working toward that moment ever, again in my life. Like, I want that every single night. That was the biggest adrenaline rush in the world. Two questions, which I'm, and by the way, congratulations, but two questions. One, almost peed your pants? Almost, well, almost. I okay. mean, <laughs> I think by the time I could have, I, could, I couldn't pee. I couldn't do anything. I was so right. nervous. <laughs> but you got up there and, and look, well, I guess I have one other follow-up question to that one is because a lot of times when you talk about musical theater or that kind of thing, I've been in situations where I've been very nervous before, <laughs> but all of a sudden you get through the first couple measures or you get through the first song it gets better doesn't it It did yeah and i looked out there and in, in the 11th row was my 411 mother who's my height she's a very tiny little yeah. woman with her rock fist in the air jumping up and down <laughs> and it just made me feel so at ease and i was like thank you mother and i just went through the rest of the set with just picturing her you yeah know? that's awesome it was so great uh, and then so you beat out trampled by turtles um has there been an ongoing beef then between the cat perkins <laughs> camp and the trampled camp since then we should bring it up let's bring back the battle yeah i mean bring i'm not saying but uh, i might uh, <laughs> might have to reach out and see if they remember getting, getting faced by cat perkins back in the <laughs> mid 2000s oh, it would be so fantastic we should because then they did it like three or four more times in minneapolis so there was there's four of us that have this story in the cities over the course of the like four years or three and a half years that they did that so mm-hmm. yeah it's a pretty it's a huge trip man and like i'll that and that catapulted my career with scarlet hayes that's how we got our agents managers and eventually the record deal off of that so Wild. that literally within one year after that after 11 11 that's why i remember it um, it was just, it was a whole different world and we were touring underneath a label and opening up for all kinds of, you know, saving Abel and Chad Kroger was writing my next single. It was just like a crazy weird era that I love to think about and would not be who I am without that experience to this day. Well, and without all of that in front of you or without all of that in your past, rather, I mean, you're probably not sitting here today on the Brian Oak show. So. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. <laughs> 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 there you go. <laughs> 
Kat, you remain the best. Thank you very much for Thank coming you in for today. Having Thanks, me. Kat. Thank All right. you, John. And don't forget, Kat Perkins Music, everywhere you want to go on social media to track you down. Don't forget to check her out next Monday. That will be Labor Day for her virtual performance, which is going to be part of the Star Tribune's virtual performances for the Minnesota State Fair, as close as many of us are going to get to those memories. Once again, thanks to Cat Perkins very much. A couple episodes ago, we had Mark Malman on, and we talked to him. He was doing a live virtual performance, which I ended up watching the entire thing of, and it was the Bowie... Mall cast is what it was from his home studio, Cardboard City. He did eight, and he, of course, I don't know if you've ever met Mark Malman, but he dresses up like kind of a weirdo, and he's kind of a crazy performer. Like, another one of those guys that there's literally no I one else him. like. I'm, I love him. I'm deeply enamored he's of Mr. One Malman. Of one. Yeah, exactly. One of one. So he did all these Bowie songs, but he went deep on a lot of the tracks. Like he played some really deep stuff. And as as Bowie's my favorite single favorite of all time, I was enamored of the whole thing. And there were hundreds of us watching. And this was one of the songs he decided to do. The one we're going to end with right now. This does not appear on a proper Bowie studio album. It appears on a number of compilations, but this was one that was produced by Giorgio Remo- uh, Moroder, the legendary uh, Italian producer who, uh, French, Italian, I shouldn't have opened my mouth right there. <laughs> the, the legendary disco producer who made Donna Summer, who did Call Me with wow. uh, with Debbie Harry and Slash Blondie, although none of the other members of the band were on that one. But this was sort of the main credit theme song to the movie Cat People. Remember that movie, Nastasia Kinski? Old yeah. school horror movie, Wear Panthers and whatnot. <laughs> nice. In any event, this is one song that Mark Malman covered just the other day on his mall cast. And we're going to end with David Bowie. The song is called Cat People, putting out fire with gasoline. Thanks for listening to The Brian Oak Show.